if a gaming company is making that much money from non-gamers, those two just don't go together. Hello and welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, the podcast where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This week in Gender Cells, we talk about hamsters and princess cowgirls. And we're going to interview Kim Price from the Ladies of Leet podcast. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. Today, Game On Girl is proud to welcome Kim Price from the Ladies of Leet to the podcast. Uh, I think we've mentioned the Ladies of Leet a few times. Rhonda got a chance to meet them while she was at DragonCon this year. And so we're really excited to have a chance to talk with Kim today. So welcome to the show, Kim. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's really such a pleasure to be on such a thoughtful podcast. I really love your guys' work that you do here. Well, thank you. We appreciate yeah, that very much. And uh, we love your show, too. I'm, oh, I'm always you. behind on, on podcasts, but I really do appreciate yours and listening to you guys chat. So. Oh, I'm really glad we get, I'm, I'm really surprised sometimes, um, the mail that we get from people or the feedback and it, when it's all so happy and they're so complimentary and, you know, we've actually gotten <laughs> mails from people saying, Oh, you know, you've really helped me out in my life because, you know, we can see that I can be a gamer as a girl and this kind of thing. And it's surprising to yeah. think you have like an impact on people. Uh, yeah, you, I, we actually our last episode was uh, about a letter that we got from a listener who was talking about gaming online with his eight year old daughter. And at the end of that, I, at the end of reading it the first time through, I was like, this is why I started doing this was so I can reach these people who, you know, need a platform to talk about gaming yeah. and, you know, gender and, and all this kind of fun stuff. So yeah, exactly. And that's why we keep doing it too. There's mm -hmm. been times that our lives have just gotten crazy. And we think, oh, well, you know, maybe we'll take a break. And we're like, no, you know, we've got to keep going. Because yep. we, we do have people out there who we don't do a podcast. They're like, hey, <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Where have you been? We miss you guys this week. So how long has the Ladies of Leet been going? Um, I think we've been going since 2009. Okay. So October 2009 is when we nice. started it. Yeah. We took we did have a couple of little breaks when our lives got really crazy. There was a point where I was moving to Australia. Stephanie was moving across the country to Atlanta and Nicole was pregnant and she had a pretty rough pregnancy. So all of that was happening at one time. And so mm -hmm. we did take like a, a four or five month break during that period. But then we came back and we got back on track. I'm glad that to hear that because I know a lot of times um, other podcasts that I followed when they get sort of derailed like that for life that you know sometimes is the end of them. So the perseverance is admirable. Oh well, thank you. It, mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it was easy. It was hard to yeah. to get back into it after yeah. a while. But and I think the fans do appreciate that too. That you know you you do come back. Mm -hmm. after after things and it shows them that you can recover yeah absolutely. absolutely now how did the three of you get together to doing the podcast did you p play together yeah so um all three of us were playing world of warcraft and we all were raiding together and we had um our guild together we are all at blizzcon I think in 2008 or 2009, I can't remember. And Nicole's like, hey, you know, I've been thinking I really want to do a podcast about gaming. Um, and so we started brainstorming a little bit and we said, well, who 
who would be a good third because we wanted a third on the show. And we thought, well, Stephanie, of course, she was our raid leader. She <laughs> knows so much about gaming and she's got such an infectious personality. Yeah. And so we all got together and just started thinking, well, what should we call it? And we came up with some really bad names <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> until we got to Ladies Elite. And then we didn't actually look at it um, on paper. And when the site actually launched, we're like, that looks like Ladies O Fleet, doesn't it? Oh. <laughs> so that's kind of our, our running joke is it's oh, Ladies O Fleet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're great girls. And I mean, we're, we're like real life friends too, which is such a, a thing because we, you know, we have arguments about games and we disagree, but it's nice that you have that friendship you know, that you can just say, okay, now we're past that and move on and, you know, keep on with the podcast without any hard feelings. I think that's pretty much how things came about for me and Rhonda too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We sort of launched the, pro the podcast and we're getting to know each other and then we've become, you know, good friends yeah. through the process. And we that's don't always agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which uh, you shouldn't, you know, I think I it makes it more interesting too yeah. when you don't agree. <laughs> yeah. You need, you need to have a, a, you know, we have different perspectives. Often we're talking about the same things, but from different points of view. And I think that that's one of the most powerful things we have going for us. Yeah, I totally agree. You guys do have, and I like how thoughtful your podcast is. And it's very, um, I don't want to say intellectual, but it's thought provoking, you know, and I really like that about you guys. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I much prefer it to be thought-provoking because we, I, de I, I definitely am not the expert in this area and I'm learning <laughs> tons and tons and tons of stuff. So I'm just sort of talking out loud and throwing everything out there. And sometimes as soon as I say it, I was like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's wrong. I have done that as well. And then you're, or, and it's worse when you when you know you said it was wrong and then someone calls you out on it yeah. later and you're like, I, I knew that was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah. Those moments are always the most humbling, especially when you know it's on, ta on, ta on, on tape. Okay. I'm going to date oh. myself. It's on tape. Yes. <laughs> and somebody can go back and listen to it and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> or if it's like they go back and listen to your old recordings and it's you know like six months a year past mm -hmm. and they're like remember when you said this and you're oh. like yeah did you have to bring that up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> embarrassingly enough I have moments where I'm like oh I don't really remember saying that no <laughs> but I'm sure yeah there's that times too <laughs> that I did <laughs> well Kim Those do you guys too. feel a lot of pressure to I mean, your show, your show, is it weekly? It is weekly now. Yep. Okay. And do you guys feel a lot of pressure to make sure that you game every week to make sure you've got something to talk about? Uh, so we do have weeks that we're just too busy to game. And we'll tell people that, you know, I really didn't have much to do this week because this and this and this. But I think I don't think there's ever been a week that we haven't gamed either on our iPads, on our iPhones, on mobile devices. You know, there's always been a point that we've we've gamed somehow, some way. And I think it kind of shows the listeners that, you know, we're just we're normal people that, you know, we have busy lives too. Mm -hmm. I think early on we didn't want to put pressure on ourselves. And so we started out with a 
an every two week show. Hey, we did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And yeah. It and it was easier that way, but then we had so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. But it also <laughs> let us play the new games coming out for a bigger chunk of time. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we're feeling right now is we're weekly and when big titles come out we don't have enough time to play them thoroughly. So we usually have to talk about them over a couple of shows. And I, I don't really like that. So I think we're, we're struggling with that, but I don't think, yeah, like I said, I don't think there's ever been a time that we haven't gamed. I, I game constantly if it's just on Facebook or if it's on my iPad or steam or it, it, there's, um, I'm always playing games. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same. Anytime I have a break, if I don't actually, I I, I play Bejeweled Blitz in between grading discussion boards for my students. <laughs> yes, it's it's actually quite a sanity keeper. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I um, mm-hmm. of course I played Candy Crush, but I've I've kind of weaned myself off of that. But there's another one called Pet Rescue. And it's just this oh. silly little match three type game, and you you rescue pets. I don't know what their fate is, but you rescue them from something. <laughs> and it's it's the same thing. It's like a just a little break in my day, mm-hmm. and it, it keeps me sane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I like – well, one of the reasons why I like Blitz is because you pop in and I can play for a minute and go back and forth really easily. And yeah. I, I, have res- I have resisted Candy Crush. I have had many invitations to play Candy Crush, but I have resisted <laughs> so far. So. You, you probably should because no matter how much you want to hate it – you love it. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I gotta play, gotta play, gotta play. Yeah. And it and then when that your five lives are gone and that's how they get you, you're yeah. like, I wanna play more. I wanna play more because <laughs> it's it's really addictive how they pop mm. and and how they the chains that will happen when they pop and mm-hmm. yeah just watching those little things pop. I can't believe how addictive that is. Yeah. I played one level on a friend's iPad and, um, I was like, no, (laughs) no, Virginia needs to stay away from this game. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) There's got to be some science behind some of that stuff about, I, I fascinated the way you were explaining about how, um, you enjoyed the the little things popping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we test on a whole bunch of different phones up at my job, and there's one phone, and I'm not sure which I can't remember which one it is, but the it's got the touch screen, but it has an a, a small vibration and an audible little pop when you are touching the keyboard and you're typing. And I don't know what it is, but I absolutely love that sensation and that sound mm-hmm. when I'm typing on that particular phone. And I don't know whether it matches a personality type or if there's just something in our brains that triggers. I don't know. It's It's got to be something like that because I noticed um, my, my mom, when I visit my mom, I usually end up in, in the casino that's near her house, uh, which is... <laughs> Me too. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> and it's really not my kind of gaming. <laughs> I, <laughs> I sit there and I, I like tolerate it for a while because my mom enjoys it so much and I want to spend time with her. But uh, some of the sounds are the same uh, for the, the, the um, slot machines as they are for some of the mobile games. And there has to be some sort of psychology mm-hmm. going on there with the, the pleasing sort of Thing. And I watch my mom get into kind of a trance when she's playing it. And I realize that I've had moments like that in games that I've played, repetitive games where I just kind of get lost and I don't realize how much time I've spent. 
Um, and I think it's the same thing. So there's something in the sound and the color and the movement that really do have that kind of hypnotic effect and draw you in and just kind of keep you there on the, on the precipice for it. So, well, and I think that is the slot machines that they have now. They're almost like video games. Mm -hmm, These things Mm -hmm. are, they're game, you know, they're, they're interactive now. Mm -hmm. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember when I was way young, um, you know, and you'd go to Vegas because that was pretty much the only place Mm -hmm. that you could actually go. And the slot machines were just pull the arm yeah. and watch them go and around. And they actually had wheels that turned and you weren't touching the screen. Yeah. Now it's, a, it, it is a video game. And mm-hmm. when you get these extras <clears throat> and it goes up and it does all these weird things and my parents love them. Yeah. Yeah. My, my mom, my brothers, they, you know, it's, you know, multiple times a week they end up there. And for me, the, the one draw that I had to them was that they have uh, movie themed ones. Uh, yes. So one of my favorites that I haven't seen for a long time was Men in Black. And they had a great one where you would get all these bonuses and then you'd get to pick the different aliens and, you know, the different aliens would give you different bonuses and different things. And I, it was just, it was hearkening to, you know, the geek in me. <laughs> so that was the game I always like to play. They have one that's like Lord of the Rings. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting and keeping an eye on them when I go with my mom for when the Big Bang Theory, you know, slot oh, shows goodness. up. Because I have no doubt that there's going to be a jackpot for hitting Sheldon Spot. Right. Oh yeah, you know there, yeah. you know there is going to be one yes. like that. I and mean, there's a Family Guy one yep. that was just hilarious. And I probably sat there with my mom for two or three hours, and I was I was in a trance just mm-hmm. playing. And you know, I don't play very much. I play, you know, yeah. the thirty cents or whatever. Yeah. So you don't actually lose that much, yep. but it's still it's addictive. It I is. can totally see why my parents go there all the time because they don't really have that much else in their life right now because they're yeah you know so I'll, yeah, I'll my, go with them my I'm mom's like you. retired and yeah and it's you know it is the entertainment for the area that she lives in there's no movie theater there's no you know other places to go there's you know hardly even any restaurants other than the restaurants in the in the casinos there's a couple but it's it's just where they go to be entertained you know with yeah. 20 bucks like you would spend 20 bucks on a movie in a you know popcorn or whatever so yeah yeah it's different. <laughs> so you guys met playing WoW, the ladies of Lee uh-huh. met playing sure. WoW. What was your history before that? Was that one of your first uh, MMO experiences or did you game a lot before you played WoW? Um, yeah, I've been a gamer for a long time. You know, I'm, I think we're all about the same age. So Pong, I remember when my dad actually brought Pong home, <laughs> which, nice. you know, I dating myself then and then of course he got us a a commodore oh yeah that was my hand yeah my brother and i actually played oh now i can't remember what the name of the game you know the the little guy in the jungle dig Um, dug pitfall 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 Pitfall, yes and in pitfall if you actually made it all the way through and you took a picture of yourself in front of the tv they would send you a badge and oh. me and my brother both got the badge. So that was like, yay, we were so happy. Nice. Well, I, <laughs> that's like the first social media of gaming. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly, huh? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and I wish I had this patch now, but I think I had my mom sew it onto a jean jacket or something, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day. So I don't have it anymore, which I'm really sad about that. Can't believe yeah. I don't have my 
my pitfall badge. Yeah, that's, um, that's a badge. That is a badge that you should have. <laughs> I know, exactly, huh? Let's see here. Then I played a lot of the text-based games where, you know, you go into the dungeon and... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And this was in the Air Force and, you know, it was in the, the mid-80s. I was in a, a maintenance unit and I was in the job control area. So we had the big printers with the the paper that was large and the dot matrix type printers. Oh, yeah. And we would take that paper and we would graph out all the, the dungeons on it. So, you know, if we got to a point, we'd be like, okay, we can't turn left. So do a line. There's a wall there. You know, we would graph it all out. And so we had reams of dungeons on this paper. <laughs> that that's like so that's your fun. air force <laughs> government money hard at work there. <laughs> And we wonder why we have it shut down. <laughs> uh, then I got a, oh, I can't remember the name of the little, it was a portable computer that weighed, you know, like a million pounds. But I had Ultima 2 on that. And I played Ultima 2 for God knows how long, hours and hours and hours and hours. And it was the kind of game that you went into a cave or a dungeon and you had to take the disc out and turn it over, you know, because <laughs> oh, yeah. there was no hard drive on, on these. <laughs> right. Yeah, it wasn't save your progress. You had to start over every time you started it. Yeah. And then from there, you know, I played games all the time. Um, Mist, more Ultima. I, I was a single parent um, for many years. And so after my kids went to bed, it was just me, you know, on a budget. So, Ultima 7 was my godsend, and I played that, oh my gosh, probably for three or four years, <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. single mom, you don't have a lot of money, and so that, I played the hell out of that. Um, that was actually something Rhonda brought up in her original interview, that, that games were a good investment because of, you know, you could replay them, and yeah. you know, it wasn't a fleeting thing that you put your money into, like going to the movies was just a couple of hours. Yes, yeah. and it is. It is I have, yeah. I've got games that I've played, you know, 200 hours on mm -hmm. Fallout. I swear, between my PS3 and my PC, I, I probably have about 300 hours in yeah. Fallout right yeah. now. And, yeah, so great investment there. Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, my kids. Um, uh, I think our, our first system that they really played on was our Nintendo 64. And, you know, of course, we played all the, the Mario Kart, um, Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, my God. That's probably one of my favorite games in the world, Banjo-Kazooie. Mm. And I think it's not only the game and how great the game was, because I think it's a great game, but it's also the memories I have of playing it with my kids mm -hmm. at the time because yeah. they were both young and it, it was just the time that we had together. And so I, I enjoy thinking about that as well. And then of course them growing up, I have two boys and of course there was, we always had games around. So we always gamed together. Yeah. It can be great bonding. It can, mm -hmm. it can. And you know, I would get to a point, let's say if I was playing Assassin's Creed and I just could not pass make it through this run thing I had to do I would hand the controller to my son and he would get me through it and I'm like all right thank you very much for that <laughs> and I think that's one of the things I miss about my kids not being around is um you know when I'm playing Call of Duty and I'm in a I keep getting slaughtered in 
one of the online matches, I used to just hand it to him and, you know, he would get my score up so I could, you know, get a better gun or something. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I don't have him around to do that anymore. (laughs) A little offspring tinking for you. (laughs) Twinking for you. (laughs) I'll help you out. (laughs) So, yeah, and then um, on to... Uh, all kinds of other games and then on to wow wow was my first mmo mm-hmm. and i got hooked on that immediately yeah which oh my gosh that game i've sunk so many hours in it um and then you know then we got into the podcast and i think the podcast opened up other areas of gaming that i probably hadn't been in a lot like first person shooters i wasn't a big first person shooter before we played before the podcast, and we decided to play um, some Battlefield and um, some Call of Duty and those type games. And I really, really enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I'm not the best at them. In fact, I, I kind of suck at them. But it's still fun for me. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I'm, well, I'm learning to be better. And I, I can't play those games. And I've said this before. I can't play those games on the console. I can only play them on the PC because I just don't have the thumbs for the controllers. Um on the on like the xbox or whatnot so it takes it takes practice and so on my pc i have an xbox controller yeah but then when i go back to my ps3 it's a different controller and Mm -hmm. i i have a hard time going between the two you know because it's a learned action yeah it's muscle memory it's you know it really is and when you're going between two different controllers it, it gets confusing it gets yeah. very confusing. The buttons are in different places and they do different things. Every time I play, I try to play like Call of Duty or something like that on the Xbox. I'm always staring at the sky or the <laughs> ceiling. I have such a hard time like maneuvering and, and, and then I get frustrated and oftentimes I'm playing with people watching me and I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might try this sometime later when I'm not being observed quite so intently. <laughs> it's hard when people are watching you and you feel like you're being judged Mm-hmm. Um, you're just like, go away, go away. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah, try having a PhD in game studies <laughs> and having people watch you game. <laughs> oh, man, that would be rough. That yeah. would be rough. <laughs> the bar set a little high on that one. So, <laughs> Just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kim, what is it about uh, WoW do you think that was uh, that's so addictive for you? I think it's the rewards. So, you know, immediately you get this quest and you go out and you gather things and you come back and reward it and you see that experience bar go up mm-hmm. and you're just like, wow, that was cool. And then you, you level up and you ding and you're like, wow, how cool is that? And I get new stuff when I, mm-hmm. when I level up and it's always that you're being rewarded throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. And you feel like the sense of accomplishment as you're going through it. And I think that's what people, I think wow has done that very well in yeah. setting up those accomplishments through, through your leveling first. And then once you're maxed out, it's through the other rewards of getting dungeons and getting gear. Um, now they've set up the pet battles and you get pet rewards and, you know, so they're constantly rewarding you for playing the game mm-hmm. and it, and it feels good. You know, it's like a hmm. feedback system that you're just like, yes, you know, I'm accomplishing something here and I like it. Yeah, I, I think that that's a big, a big draw and, and collecting as well. And not just, um, you know, things like pets, 
but collecting the high-end gear that was that was the cycle I got stuck in was trying yes. to get to the next best to the next best to the next best gear and then yeah you, know, you know you constantly have to do those daily daily dungeons and daily raids or whatnot to be able to get to the best to the best to the best to the best so and then you see you know your dps going up as mm-hmm. you're as you're raiding or yeah. dungeons and mm-hmm. then you're like okay i need to get it higher so i need to do more and I exactly need to spend time and yeah so there's there's that constant drive to be better and be better and be mm-hmm. better or get the next best thing or collect the newest mount or you know there's always oh. something there to yeah. egg you on yeah, that, that really is what they have kind of mastered in terms of, of gameplay and and making that world what it is, because there is always that next thing to come up or, you know, you'll have a holiday come up or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. achievements. And then there are those elite, you know, achievements you go for, or elite mounts you're, you're hunting for yeah. where you have to do certain things at certain times to be able to get to them. So... And I think that's what other MMOs are trying to do, but they just haven't got there yet. Like Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, The New Republic. I played Star Wars and I really, really enjoyed it. The storylines, mm-hmm. some of them were terrific, but you get your legacy name. And that's, right. you know, that's what I had in my mind. I'm going to keep playing till I get my legacy name. And I got my legacy name and I was like, huh, now what, what's, Mm-mm. what's next? And it just didn't draw me in and I guess give me that same feedback and rewards. And once I got my legacy name, I was like, okay, I'm done. And I just didn't play it again. And there wasn't anything pulling me back into it. Yeah. Whereas WoW, I think is a little bit different. It's, it's interesting. I've, I've been having the same experience. I played, I played WoW for a long time and I, I quit a couple years ago before Pandaria came out. Um, but I haven't gotten back into an MMO. And I think part of my hesitation is I know how much time I put into WoW. <laughs> yes. And there's just a part of me that is not ready to give that much time to another game again. And MMOs are a huge commitment. They are. You know, it, yeah. And they really force you to be online mm-hmm. uh, for a very long time. And I think sometimes it can have relationships suffer or mm-hmm. other parts of your life suffer because you are putting so much time into it. Yeah. So, you know, it's different from other games. I mean, I, I admit I play other games a ton too, but there's not that same driving force to do the next best thing or, you know, right. get in there because you've got to be better than someone else. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are of course games like that, but I think MMOs just have a different set of rules to them. Right. Well, that's what I thought. Um, did you play Guild Wars 2 at all? I did. And I I loved that game. It was a great game, but um, I just didn't have time for it yeah. because I was playing WoW and playing other games. And yeah. so I just didn't have time. Yeah. I, I felt much the same way. I felt like it kept falling flat of my expectations of it too. And it just never quite got to where I wanted it to be. And it was so streamlined. I mean, they really did a great job of taking like everything annoying about WoW away. Yes. (laughs) Which was great. And I thought that was going to be fantastic. But I still couldn't like get to the point where I could just devote the amount of time it was going to take to play and level in it. So and and I I know there are people who are still playing it. Mm -hmm. And I think Rift is the same way. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed playing Rift. Yeah, Rift is really cool, too. I had to make a choice. Mm -hmm. 
Rift or WoW, and then Guild Wars 2 came out, and Star Wars came out, and there's just, I don't have time for two MMOs, and I know people out there who do play two MMOs, or even three, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, you guys are crazy. (laughs) I don't see how you do that. I can't even But it's such a time commitment, and it's it's really is a commitment of parts of your life, you know? Yeah, definitely. Tell me about your uh, character and WoW. Um, so my first, my very first character was a little gnome warlock mm. on the Alliance side, of course. Um, and But I never felt really connected to her. So I got her up to, I don't know, 35, level 35 or something, which back in vanilla WoW, because I started playing WoW, mm-hmm. I think six months after it came out, maybe even a little sooner, I'm not sure. But... Um, so getting to 35 was a big commitment, but I never felt connected to her. I never really liked her. So I made a, um, human priest and this, she didn't really look like me, but she was pretty and she was tough and I really liked her. (laughs) And I think that's what I like about my characters when I make them. They don't necessarily have to be pretty, but I have to like the way they look. So I feel connected to them. You know, I'm, I'm a big, what, I'm, what was the, I can't remember when I took your guys's quiz, what uh, that one. Self gamer, I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put myself into the character mm-hmm. and I become like the character. Mm-hmm. The storyline, I don't care about so much. I, it there, it's okay, but not that's not a big thing to me. But just being able to relate to my character, whether it's a boy or a girl or whoever it is, that's what I want when I'm playing. And you know, I have like three main characters in WoW, and um, all three of them like kind of mean something to them to me. And I have like kind of a little backstory in my head about them. And it's not, it it doesn't have anything to do with anybody, but I just kind of made up a backstory in my head about Mm -hmm. them. And that's who they are. And they each have their own personalities in my head. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I do that with like, um, I think Mass Effect is a good example of being able to connect to your avatar. Um, When I went from, I, I lost my load from Mass Effect 2 to Mass Effect 3. Oh, um, but then I got it I got it back. So I oh. was like I, I I found it on a hard disk someplace and I got it back. Cool. But still my character from my shepherd from Mass Effect 2 to Mass Effect 3 didn't look exactly the same. And it just kind of bugged me all the way through <laughs> Mass Effect 3 that that's not my shepherd. You know, and I finally got used to her and she was my shepherd again. But, you know, your Mass Effect 2 character and your shepherd was like my shepherd. (laughs) Yeah. And it bugged me when I when I got to three and she wasn't quite my shepherd anymore. So when you went from two to three, you didn't change your avatar's appearance at all when you because you get that option at the beginning (laughs) of three. Yeah, but um, I did keep her. And, but it still, it wasn't exactly the same. They had, they had changed something into Mass Effect 3 and it, she just didn't port over exactly the same way. So, you know, she was a little different and it just, it's like, it bugged me. So, you know, then you kind of have to make up this story in your head. Well, you know, her injuries made her have to get some surgery and it kind (laughs) of changed her and... (laughs) 
<laughs> she was more wary by that point. <laughs> yeah, she's she's older now and you know, she's gained a little weight and, you know, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> funny actually i think i remember Rhonda, you talking about very much the same thing oh yeah when yeah, you when, when i you... went from two to three yeah yeah because i mean some time had passed and i felt like that i mean to go with the story that her attitude had changed a little bit and she had been out of the military and out of combat for a while and so in two she was she was very by the book she was very military she had a buzz cut <laughs> And in three, she was sort of like, eh, you know, I, I, I don't trust anyone anymore. And I'm going to have to follow my heart on this. And so she grew her hair out. She wore more makeup. And there was a reason behind all of that. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But, but and I see, I see um, Mass Effect come out and the male shepherd is there. And I'm always thinking, that's not Mass Effect. That's a guy. I, I cannot get it through my head that there there are male shepherds. And, I mean, male shepherds make up, what, like 60 70% of, you know, who the people who play play male shepherds. Yeah. But I'm like, he's – no, shepherd is a female. I can't believe there's male shepherds out there. Yeah. It just, that freaks me out. That's funny. That's funny. Well, I think that um, actually kind of Amy, who we had on a couple of episodes ago, said, you know, she has a, a male avatar, but she doesn't actually like see him as male when she's playing him. She just doesn't even recognize that. And it's a wow character. And oh, wow. Yeah, it's just she just, you know, and then she'll like be in the login screen and it will like shock her that it's a male avatar. <laughs> yeah, I've never played a male avatar in wow. Never. Yeah, I and I, <laughs> I think I think more guys play girl avatars. Yes, um, and I know they're like, oh, well, I want to see her run, and I don't think that's actually the reason. But... I don't think it's a reason either. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just you know, I don't know if guys are, and I do know one guy who just refuses to play any girl characters, and if he won't play Tomb Raider, because. It, you know, it's a girl character, and he didn't have an option to play a guy, and. Interesting. I can, I can sort of understand that. Although I would never play if I couldn't, you know, play a guy because it's right. not really a choice for we us. We don't really have that choice. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I thought that that was just a psycho, you know, um, yeah, a mindful thing that he has. That I was like, wow, that's that's pretty interesting that you mm -hmm. will refuse to play a girl. So I'm like, you should play Tomb Raider because it's a great, great game. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. no, I just can't do it. And I'm like, wow, you're kind of missing out. Yeah, you know? exactly. There's so kind of bad for you. Yeah, there's so much that it has to offer to limit it that way. I yeah. finally at the panel that I did at PAX this year while you guys were in Dragon Con, um, one of the gamers on the panel um, actually said, and he's a male gamer, and he actually said that he played female avatars because he wanted people to give him stuff. And it was the first time <laughs> that someone had actually admitted to playing a female, you know, character to get the bonuses that come with it. Because, you know, I'm sure it's happened to pretty much everybody I know who's played an MMO where you sort of have this random gifting phenomenon where people just run up to you and give you money or give you you know loot or whatever as a female avatar and he's like yeah I wanted an entourage I wanted you know people running around and doing stuff for me and I knew that was going to be easier to do as a female wow. avatar and I was like oh <laughs> thank you for saying that somebody finally said that 
Finally. I mean, I don't, as, as a WoW player, I don't think I get that much just because I'm a girl avatar. There have been times, I mean, I admit that my very first character I got to level 40 that you get, you got your mount at level 40 at right. the time. Mm-hmm. I was in a dungeon and I leveled to 40 and everyone, I was like, yay, you know, in my, in my group of random people. And some guy came up and gave me, you know, however much gold I needed to get my mount. Mm-hmm. And wow. I was like, wow, thank you. And it, I don't know if it was just because I was a girl or if he was just had a lot of money he wanted to give away. I don't know. But yeah, I'm kind of thinking it was because I was a girl avatar. Um, But that's kind of the only time I can remember that that happening just because I was a girl. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it happens all the time. And my boyfriend plays his main character is is a girl. And you know, and he's he plays quite a few girls on his tunes. It's kind of surprising to me, but you know, he just sees her as his character. Right. It's not you know because he wants free stuff. Well, it might have been. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he plays he plays girl characters too. Have you ever had any of the opposite experiences, uh, negative experiences versus you know people walking up and giving you money? No, I have been so lucky. And I, you know, I read online, there's a girl, Jenny Havenar, Havenar, um, which she does not, Hanover, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. And she does not in the kitchen. Oh, yeah, we've had her on the show twice, actually. (laughs) Oh, have you? Mm -hmm. She is amazing. And, you know, so she collects the stories Mm -hmm. about, you know, the women and the, the crap that they have to put up with. And there's only been one time I've ever really had to deal with that. And my son... He was like 13, 14, and he was playing Uno on Xbox Live. And on Uno, when you play, you, you've you got the option to be on camera. So, you know, all the mm-hmm. players are on camera and you're playing Uno in this. And I'd gone up to his room and he's like, hey, come play Uno with me. And so I got on, you know, the camera and I'm just like, oh, this is fun. And there's a bunch of like 13, 14-year-old boys on there. And they're like, show us your boobs, show us your boobs. Oh, and I'm gosh. like... Oh my God. I I was so shocked wow. at the time that it happened. And I'm like, you know, and I'm sitting here with my son and he's getting all embarrassed, of, of course. course. And, yeah. you know, so I'm like, I should tell your parents, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, being all <laughs> momish about it. And I'm just like, that's, that's just ridiculous, you guys. And so I just, you know, I left and I'm, I, my son was so, so embarrassed. I think he quit after that, but wow. I'm not sure he played Uno after that again either. <laughs> but yeah, that's really the only bad experience that I've had. But granted, I'm in a really good community. Mm-hmm. So I, and I kind of stick with that community, my gaming community. So even if I go from WoW or the Steam group or my friends on, on PlayStation Network, they're all people that are in my community of gamers. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's a huge community. So I've always got friends. And so I think that's kind of saved me from a lot of that abuse. Yeah. Um, And so I've, I've really haven't had that kind of experience with it. Yeah, I think that that provides a certain amount of insulation from um, the greater internet f theory. <laughs> yeah, of, you exactly. Know, the anonymous people behaving in anonymous ways. So I think yeah. it does and, help. And that's what's interesting about her 
Uno story, mm-hmm. Regina. Yeah. Is because they were all on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're still anonymous because you're still only identified by your gamer tag. So even even yeah. though you can see somebody's face, you don't know where they're from or anything like that. So, you know, it's a little less anonymity, but it's still a level of separation. And they were all, you know, 13, 14 year old yeah. boys who they, you know, I don't think they really cared. Yeah. Um, if even if their names were there, it's you're I think to them, they're in a different place and you're someplace else. Right. And you can't get to them. So I think it's kind of that buffer there. You're someplace other. <laughs> yes. You're and that's not all. here beside me. Exactly. You can tell my parents. Exactly. Exactly. There's there's very little chance this is going to get back and actually have any kind of repercussions. So exactly. Unless, you know, you're playing with Jenny Hanover. <laughs> she records <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, she is hilarious too. I just, I, I love reading her stuff online. It yeah. just cracks me up. Yeah, she's, she really is great. And I love the work that she's doing because it's really, because a lot of people will say that it doesn't happen and oh, you're exaggerating. And I'm like, mm, no, here you go. Go look at the site. Yeah. And within three posts, you'll know we're not exaggerating. We actually I'm, might be playing it down sometimes. Yeah. I'm just oh, yeah. shocked sometimes mm-hmm. about yeah. the conversations. And then I'm even shocked about the responses to what has happened mm-hmm. by men and women. Yeah. You know, some of those, she, you know, she'll post some comments that have come up on her site. And I'm just like, seriously, women even think that way? Mm-hmm. I, it, it blows me away. Yeah. It's, it, it, that's actually something that we're, you know, wanting to talk more about sort of the competition that comes up between women gamers and, you know, um, I think Jenny called it the um, the Highlander syndrome. There can be only one. Yeah. So there's a certain amount of threat when you've been the one, you know, gamer girl or, you know, woman gamer in your group. And all of a sudden you have to deal with, oh, somebody else is trying to, you know, take my space and and that kind of idea um, as, you know, being exclusive or exclusionary be- because of that. And so it's kind of an interesting phenomenon. And that's why I feel so lucky being in the community that I'm in. Our raid group actually, um, I think we had five girls on our raid group. Wow, and that's awesome. Yeah, you know, and we, it, it was, it was such a good balance. And, you know, we kicked butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was so much fun being there. And it didn't matter that we were girls and they were guys. It's just, we were friends and we liked to play together. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, that's what I like about our community too, is it involves everybody, you know, it really invites everybody in. If you, you know, if you're awkward or if you are a girl or if, you know, you're younger or if you're older, you know, all kinds of things. And it's, it's a very inviting community, mm-hmm. which really helps a lot. That's awesome. Well, Regina, do you want to ask her the uh, $1 million question? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, this is the question that was the defining question for the dissertation when I started it out. And um, when Rhonda was a participant in the study, uh, she was one of peop- everybody who got asked this first. So we moved it down lower in the interviews now, so it doesn't... <laughs> sort of beat people over the head, but how would you define a gamer? Ah, wow. That is a tough question, huh? Yeah. Um, it's not something people think about a lot, so. <laughs> no, because, uh, you know, I, I really think of a gamer as, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, anybody who actually plays 
games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to go with video games because um, I think you have board gamers too. And they're gamers, but I think it's a different a different type of gamer. So I'm going to go with video games right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, like my mom, she's a 68, 69 years old. And I know that she wouldn't consider herself a gamer, but she plays um, games online from like Big Fish. So she plays the card games online and she plays the slot machine games online, you know, just the the free ones, not the ones for money. Yeah. She also got a Nintendo DS. So now she plays, you know, the games on her Nintendo DS. And so I would consider her a gamer. Yeah. Um, and I consider people who play Facebook games, you know, you've got the farm, Farmville's not such a big deal anymore, yeah. but I think even at that time that was a gamer, it may be a more casual gamer, you know, someone who only plays, um, in their downtime when they, you know, have a few minutes mm-hmm. versus I think a hardcore gamer who will, um, has, very specific goals and time and um you know they've they've got something that they're working towards and they spend lots of time and money to do it um oh which could be farm bill because you got the same thing going there and you could <laughs> yeah. spend tons of money on yeah. farm bill and 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 you can get wrapped into it in a way that i know people who are setting alarms at like you know three o'clock in the morning yeah to get up to harvest their crops because they wanted to make sure to plant as soon as they possibly could. So there was a certain level of dedication that people gave to that game. Um, And I don't know, I haven't seen any other than Candy Crush. I haven't seen any other Facebook games that have come that have had the kind of longevity also that Farmville had. Yeah, I agree. I agree there. I mean, there were some um, that, it followed in the wave mm-hmm. of Farmville, but yeah, I don't think to the level Farmville had. Yeah, I don't think they got they got to that level. But yeah, Candy Crush is definitely up there now mm-hmm. as well. And but I know people who um, will have Candy Crush on their phone. Mm-hmm. They'll have it on their iPad and they'll have it on their Facebook. Mm-hmm. So and you can get lives from all of them. So they instead uh, of having just your five lives, you'll have 15 because uh, you can go to each of those oh, platforms wow. and play. <laughs> um, I, I have a friend who's gone even so far as making her mom an account just so when she <laughs> runs out of lives, she can go to her mom's account and send lives yeah, immediately yeah. to herself. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, so that I think right there that shows like a level of dedication. Mm-hmm. I saw people doing it, that with Farmville. Like a friend of mine had an account called Fanny yes. Farmer and she sent me a message when she sent me the friend request and she's like, this is because I was playing Farmville at the time. She's like, this is my other account that helps out my main account for my Farmville. And I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. <laughs> and people that make is- fun of Farmville as, as, you know, as a casual gamer, you know, not real gamers, but I don't know the dedication that I saw that at last and the longevity, like I said, of that game, there were some pretty serious gamers playing Farmville. Well, and just the amount of money Zynga oh made. Oh my God. You know, I can't even believe you, it. Exactly. You've got to, to look at and say, okay, that, that takes some dedication from mm-hmm. gamers. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think that is is a gamer. I mean, yeah. it has to be. If if a gaming company is making that much money from non-gamers, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that fits <laughs> together very well. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I think a, a 
gamer is anyone who um, plays video games, loves what they're doing, and just continues on with it. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a, a pattern mm-hmm. that that they'll do, like my mom. So my mom started out with just cards on, you know, that her, the free card games that mm-hmm. came with Windows. Yeah, hearts and, and you know, solitaire and all those things. Yeah, yeah, that's what she started out with. But, you know... I think she became a gamer because she started playing other games and and we would go I would I showed her sites like Big Fish where you can go get cheap games, mm-hmm. put them on your computer and play anytime. Right. And she's just, you know, become a gamer through that. Yeah. My I had a similar experience with my mom where I got her Bejeweled 2, I think it was, the one that you download. And she's telling me all about because I don't have that version. I just play Blitz on my phone. And she's telling me about all these versions, about the spider that she has to fight, <laughs> and all this like stuff. She and my mom's almost eighty, so this is you know this is a significant <laughs> thing for my mom to be so like into this game. And she's like, oh, I've been playing it so much and I enjoy it so much. And I'm like, that was probably twenty the twenty best dollars that I've spent on a game in a long time because she got so much enjoyment. She continues to go back to play it. So So do you consider your mom a gamer? Yes, I consider my mom a gamer. My mom loves card games and all kinds of, you know, like family games like that. And she enjoys Mahjong online and she enjoys Bejeweled and some of the other games. I hadn't thought about starting her on Big Fish. I might get her started on some of those because they do have some really great games. Yeah, my mom's a gamer as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great that they have an outlet Mm -hmm. that they they can go to rather than just TV or, you know, something else. It's a good outlet, I feel. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's it's really, you know, like I said, it was 20 bucks for that game. And I know she's gotten hours and hours of play out of it. Yeah. So. That, and that's that is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think my mom does the same thing with her DS. Like um, I'll take her to GameStop mm-hmm. and she'll go to the used game section. Yeah. And she loves <laughs> it's like a candy store to her. She'll go yep. and you know, she can get these little five dollar, ten dollar games that are old. Right. You know, she'll yeah, she'll cares? pick up these yeah. old games and yeah. she loves them. So it's it's really cool. So your mom's even a retro gamer. <laughs> oh man, yeah, she is. <laughs> I'm gonna have to tell her that. I yeah. don't know if she'd appreciate it the same way that we appreciate it. <laughs> Probably not, but, but Yeah, I think she might just think I'm calling her old. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay, mom. <laughs> Well, we really appreciate you being on the show, Kim. Um, Is there anything coming up uh, new for Ladies of Leet right now? Um, Let me see here. We do have a new T-shirt coming out. Oh, cool. (laughs) Um, One of our, because we have a lot of male listeners as well. So a friend of ours put out a T-shirt called Laddies Elite. So that one, that one's going to be coming out. But other than that, um, it's just the same old, the same old stuff. I'm, I'm moving back to the States. So we will probably start having a live show again. We used to do a live show and it was a lot of fun, but with the time difference, it's kind of hard to get that done. And the internet over here is sometimes flaky. So we never really tried to do that again. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll probably try to go to a live show again when I get back to the States. Awesome. I have to say, the ladies of Leet definitely had the absolute best swag at DragonCon. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yes. Stephanie created us a fan for our fans. Yes. And when you get into some of those rooms and it is oh. boiling hot, 
you need it. <laughs> oh, absolutely loved that fan. Yeah. I saw those laying on the table and I was like, that's the smartest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Rhonda sent that's me one. Great. So I have one too. So oh, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah the, the, I love doing live shows. I've only done, I think we've done three of them now. They are so much fun. Just the audience and mm-hmm. participation and their feedback right there live yeah. is it's such a rush. I, I love that. That's that always my favorite part too. I, yeah. I, yeah. I told everybody at the panel that I did this year that they were my, they were my inspiration for, you know, continuing research and new ideas and new ways to look at things always came from the audiences at the cons. So, Oh yeah. Oh, and cons yeah. are, cons are terrific. Yeah. Um, we do have BlizzCon coming up. Um, Nicole's going to be there. Um, Stephanie and I can't go, but um, so we will have some stuff coming in from BlizzCon. Nice. Cool. Well, everybody hang on and we'll be talking about hamsters and princess cowgirls. So we talk about stereotypes a lot, and we've introduced a new segment to the show where we talk about gender stereotypes and advertisements. So this week in Gender Cells, uh, we have hamsters and cowboy princesses. Um, Yeah, the first commercial, probably um, everybody might be able to guess the Kia hamster commercial. Yeah. And the very first time I saw it, I think I saw the, what is probably the extended version. Yeah, it's like a minute and a half. Yeah, I think that's the one I actually saw. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go out there and do a search for the the Kia commercial, you you'll usually get the thirty or the sixty second version of it. Yeah, we'll have a link to the to the full version up on the site, um, and it is to a Lady Gaga song. So th- th- we don't have any reason to play like the dialogue for this one because there's no, no actual dialogue. It's just Lady Gaga's applause is the name of the song. So yeah, that's that's all that it is. It's yeah. all visuals, mm-hmm. and it's it's. Of course, since it's an extended version, they're, they're telling a story. Yes. And uh, the basic story is that there are these three male hamsters, and they're severely overweight, and they are getting in shape. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of the commercial, once they are nice and thin and very expensive, wearing very expensive suits, they arrive at a premiere. Yeah, a um, movie premiere or something. Yeah, Yeah. red carpet event in a Kia Soul, and everybody's just swooning swooning over them and and carrying on. But, I mean, that's not really, to me, not the worst part of the video, but it's a continuous thread throughout the video. Yeah, that that is the the overarching story. And it's, I I have to admit that I I watched it like three times, and I couldn't, it it took me a while to understand not that story, of course, that story was very obvious, but what it had to do with the car, like, yeah, I couldn't make the connection for the longest time. And it was only after I actually clicked through and I went to the Kia Soul website, and I saw the like blueprints for like the redesign, that basically what they're saying for the Kia Soul is it has been like slimmed down and and made more elegant and, and more efficient. And that's what they're comparing to the hamsters this redesign of your hamsters as they're working out and running on the treadmill and lifting weights and stuff. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't have a context for the Kia commercial. I don't know whether or not the hamsters are recurring characters. 
They are. Uh, they are. Okay. <laughs> they are, yeah. I saw. I looked, and there's like three other commercials with them in it with different dance music songs that they're dancing to. Okay. But they're fat um, in the other commercials, so. Oh, Which is okay. interesting if you think about it, yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. Well, the thing that that kind of triggered things with me when I was watching the, the commercial is that the men in the commercial all seem to be very active. They're either at, very active physically or they're very active mentally. Where the women, there are actual scenes where the women are working out, mm-hmm. but it's extremely provocative or it's done to the um, pleasure of the men in the commercial. Um, one of the very first scenes with a woman working out there doing what uh, calisthenics on the floor, and the camera shot is yeah through her legs. Yeah, as they're doing like Pilates or something like that, and they're doing leg right. lifts, and you see her, you know, her rump you from see behind. His, yeah, you see his face. Mm-hmm. He's looking toward her, but you do not see her face whatsoever. No. It's her backside mm-hmm. and just her split And legs. remember I talked about, like, I've read whole articles about fragmented women in advertisements. Yes. And, yes. and when you don't see faces and you don't see, you know, full body. So that's a perfect example of, you know, the fragmentation of women in advertisements. Yeah. And th- th- there's a scene, the next scene right after that, where um, they're basically doing um, sort of what you would call uh, the crab walk, and they're doing these pelvic thrusts. Mm-hmm. And but what what besides the split leg thing? Later on, they're showing uh, one of the hamsters jumping rope, and there's a woman in the background sitting on some tires, and she's just kind of clapping and cheering and swooning along. Mm-hmm. And that just, I don't know, that irritated the hell out of me. And I think the reason that it did is because in the cut commercial, that is pretty much the only female type scene that you see Mm -hmm. in the shorter version Mm -hmm. is her standing back there in her workout gear, just watching and cheering. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I have absolutely no problem with um, women encouraging or, you know, your partners or other people cheering you on to get in better shape. Mm-hmm. You need a coach. You need a guardian. But the, the gender division in this commercial is so obvious. Right. Yeah, there's a there's a real strong break between between the male and female characters in this story. I, I, I'm quoting in air quotes. I know you can't see me. Because it's a yeah. it's an audio podcast, but I am quoting in story. <laughs> well, even when they go to the scenes where they're t- they're actually showing um, the car being redesigned, mm-hmm. um, it's a male who is redrawing the car. There are males who are remodeling the car, mm-hmm. and there's one office scene where there actually is a woman, but all she's doing is dancing. Right. She's sitting in her chair and she's just wiggling back and forth. She doesn't appear to be doing any intellectual work at all. Yeah, there's no actual substance from any female characters in this. So anyway, for a commercial that at least, you know, that runs a minute and a half, I I, I would have thought that the, there might have been a, a better female presence. But. <laughs> well, they get to swoon at the end when, you know, the and hamsters they, are all ham- handsome and, and which I don't know. It, I just found the whole thing kind of odd. Yeah. I just like I said, at first, I didn't understand how the hamsters had anything to do with the car. I still don't really 
understand unless you know part of the sleeking you know the the efficiency of the kia soul is that they actually have hamsters running in the engines yeah i don't have as much trouble with that i mean this this mm. they they've got to sell a story and and if they want to use hamsters i don't whatever but um <laughs> the women's split legs that was enough yeah <laughs> that just that was enough to ruin me yeah well there is the one moment that i did appreciate though where the one of the hamsters is on the treadmill with yeah two women that he's kind of like you know trying to give you know a flirty smile to and then he falls on his face so yeah i kind of appreciated that one a little bit but that was pretty much my only giggle through the whole thing it was more just my i was literally scratching my head like okay okay well the other commercial our um opposite side commercial i just recently saw this and i don't know whether you had seen it or not but it's a a tide and downy commercial Mm -hmm. and it's um pretty much got a dad who's talking about how difficult it is to get his daughter out of her princess costume yeah do we want to play the dialogue shall we play the dialogue here yeah, it's pretty awesome. Okay, so let's do that. I'll uh, start it up so we can listen. Ah, Lily. She pretty much lives in her favorite princess dress. And she's not exactly tidy. Even if she gets a stain, she'll wear it for a week straight. So I use Tide to get out those weak old stains and Downy to get it fresh and soft. And since I'm the one who has to do the laundry, I do what any expert dad would do. I let her play sheriff. I got 20 minutes to life. You are free to go. Tide and Downey, great on their own, even better together. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah not, not only do they, they don't stereotype the, the parent, um, they don't stereotype the child either. Yeah, no, she's, I, I love, I mean, you know, the whole princess thing I know is really big for little girls and that sort of attachment to an outfit. I mean, I remember being like that. It wasn't a yeah. princess dress as a kid, but I remember having clothes that I just wanted to wear every day. Yeah. And the, you know, oh, he's in jail while the while the dress is in the wash and she's dressed up as a cowboy. I just thought it was absolute genius. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. And she and she continued to play. Mm-hmm. She didn't mope. She didn't she didn't complain. She was having tea parties right. and playing with her dad and having a great time. And he was and, in jail, which was spelled J A L E. <laughs> jail. It's a big sign on the chair. And he's stuck behind behind the bars of the um the kitchen chairs or whatnot in in jail. So <laughs> Yeah. I I just you know, I don't think that there was anything offensive here about the parenting roles or the roles that a child can play the child in the commercial could have been a girl or a boy the parent could have been a girl or a boy it just didn't matter yeah i i I, much like the um bounty commercial i I love that it's a dad and that the dad's talking about doing laundry just because we don't see that very often there's so much more of a focus on home products and home things you know laundry and cleaning supplies all being focused at uh at women and having women protagonists in the commercial so i'm always really glad when we see we see dad doing these things too well listeners If you've got any commercials out there that you want to bring to our attention or that you want us to discuss, you can find all of our social media contacts on our website, GameOnGirl.com. You've been listening to Game On Girl. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at Row Room. That's R-H-O. 
R-H-O-O-M, or email Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs. Huge, huge thanks to Kim from the Ladies of Lead for joining us on the show today. What a fantastic interview. Had a great time chatting with her. If you don't subscribe to the Ladies of Lead or you haven't checked them out, just go do it now because you will not be disappointed. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Lots of great conversation. Great personalities. Very bubbly and engaging and just just a good time. So go check it out. Game on Girl is hosting not one but two groups for Extra Life. And I have to say, as the leader of the Game on Girl West group, uh, we need a little help here, guys. Uh, yep, we're beating you. Yeah, by not a small margin right now. <laughs> Go East. Go East. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, the East Coast is rocking the Game on Girl uh, Extra Life events. Uh, we're going to be holding our event on Saturday, November 9th. Uh, we'd love your support, especially the West Coast group. <laughs> um, you can find the links on the website. We'd love you to join the team or to give a donation. Whichever works for you and your schedule would be fantastic. So come get your game on for a good cause. And as we said, they go to uh, local children's hospitals, both one for uh, Rhonda's group on the East Coast and already has several donations and uh, one on the West Coast that doesn't have any. (laughs) So go donate (laughs) or join our team. Uh, Thanks for listening to Game On Girl. Episodes are available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. We also have a brand new app for download available from Podbean for the iOS users. So anybody who uses an iPhone or an iPad, we have a special uh, app now where you can get all the episodes, all 83 episodes of 84 episodes of Game On Girl through that iOS app. These links, along with the description of the show, can be found on our website, gameongirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, game on! Game on!